I want to call out a reason why this Cox guy is a dick. Hello and welcome to Grumpy Old Bands, episode number 221 for Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside a shy rack where maybe everybody's waiting for episode 222 to donate. And from America's left coast where the sun is shining and mother what? Uh, and, and my chair just collapsed. I'm <laughs> Wow, why don't we do video? <laughs> because because nobody's paying for it. <laughs> right, you're right. If you know what, if you people would just donate, Ryan wouldn't have to do the show on an old milk crate risking life, limb and injury. Wow. Uh, don't mind me. Just, you know, live content. I mean, well this does point right to the Bandrew, uh, it was on podcast that he was doing a review where he threw the box for whatever it was with such gusto that the chair came out from under him. And I thought that was the best thing that he had ever put out. It was the funniest, but I never I don't expected know. I don't it think to happen. I chair thing was quite as awesome as my coffee cup was, but. <laughs> well, do you have a replacement chair standing by? No, no. I'm just going <laughs> to sit in a broken chair until I can. Well, okay. So this this is this is the lazy boy that uh, I have been sitting into podcast for years and years, and it was kind of halfway broken when I started, and it, it's well used. It's like a twenty year old chair, and the upholstery is coming off, and, I, and that's fine. You know, I don't care about the upholstery. I'll just throw a blanket on it, whatever. Um, but long ago, the metal bits that were supposed to allow you to lean back at the level that you want right kind of collapsed and fell out and so what i've got is uh, a set of two by fours and uh <laughs> some wood chocks underneath the chair to hold it up at the elevation and angle that i like to sit at is, this sounds this like is, what a coder would do yeah this is some you know some next level jury rigging here and uh so what happened was when when I sat up to do my intro, I shifted the chair and one of the chocks fell out. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. But yeah, so, I know. I know exactly at some point what you I'll mean. be reaching down and putting the chalk back in. Yeah, I had a uh, our previous lazy boy type thing theater chair that we had. It was amazing. Once we moved it, it had been sitting where it was for a long time. You know, you just vacuum underneath it. You rarely want to move these things. And when we moved it and saw there was kind of like a little anthill looking thing, which was metal shavings from. Uh, oh, no. Uh huh. It was about ready to uh, about ready to go. So we moved on. So to, every, every time you lean back, you're grinding a little bit more of the superstructure. Yes. So eventually the whole thing is just going to do what happened to yours without the two by fours. And well, hilarity that obvious, that, that's clearly already happened to this chair years ago, which is why the two by fours are in there. Uh huh. 
please uh, the donate. funny thing is when I moved the chair to this location in front of my computer, uh, it's position in the other corner of the room where it had been for a decade, picked it up and like, Oh, I remember about six months ago, it smelled really bad in here. There was a dead rat, like eight inches long underneath this. thing. Damn. That is not a good sign. And, you know, it was one of the cats who just brought it in. It was like, oh, I'll just put this here. It's a special gift for you. Yeah. And then it just takes a little bit of time to ferment. To start giving off that beautiful and, aroma. And if nobody goes in there and you know, the beautiful aroma only lasts a couple of weeks and then it, it was all soaked into the carpet, which is <laughs> oh. probably not great. <laughs> so you need new carpet, a new lazy boy. Well, interestingly, we did replace the carpet in that room afterward. There but you go. Not not because of that, although that would have been a good reason. I'm starting to come across as a really, you know, awful and hygienic person. I should probably talk about porn. <laughs> right, because that'll level you right on up. I so I I kind of teased this before we went live on on the stream. And if you're not listening live, then you're not listening. Right. You would not have been part of you can't tell your great 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 grandchildren that you were listening when ryan bemrose's chair gave way at the beginning of a show but we were uh we were a couple minutes late and the reason was that i totally lost track of time because i started from a bleeping computer article actually i don't know if it was bleeping computer but that's where i, I start for a lot of articles uh, i started from an article explaining that uh v the that google trends searches for VPN from the state of Utah more than doubled in 24 hours. Whoa. And would you like to know why? Well, something it, had to change in Utah. Yes. Um, so this goes back to a story that I only touched on last week because I had not really done research and I was sitting here, you know, it was when we were talking about the Montana legislature who decided to, uh, respond to what they view as wokeness in media, which is a, a real problem, uh, by going totally authoritarian the other direction and how uh, the Montana legislature were basically throwing the Constitution out to pass some really terrible, terrible authoritarian, tyrannical virtue signaling laws. And the Utah legislature was all hold my beer. And what did so, they do? Uh, Utah legislature passed and Governor Spencer Cox signed. Um, I'm not going to I'm going to make an attempt not to make any jokes about the governor's name being Cox. But um, three bills. Uh, first was the Utah Social Media Regulation Act. The second is uh, social media usage amendments, which is the enforcement for the aforementioned. And the third was the Online Pornography Viewing Age Requirements Act. So. Uh, a guy named Cox decided to uh, to block a lot of Cox porn. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I, I tried. I managed to not make that joke for about 13 seconds. Well, you once talked about the internet company Cox and somebody made like a 30, 45 second little musical thing with you just saying Cox over and over and over. Yes. It was a piece of art. Yes. But not the kind of art that Utah would allow without age verification anymore. And then you ask so, the question, how do you verify ages? Well, that that is, in fact, a, a very important part of what I've got. But I have, uh, what is this? 
three, three and a half pages of notes on these three awful laws. I mean, they couldn't uh, have put the three of these together as well. Well, uh, the, the first two were very similar and connected, but the third one was completely independent. And it was it was like, OK, so the first two are really all about protecting the kids, which is, as you know, uh, well, protecting kids is certainly something that I think we can all get behind. It's you know, you don't you don't come out saying, oh, no, I don't want to protect kids. But protecting the kids is, as we know, one of the most used excuses for passing terrible, terrible government overreach. Yeah. It's how we get to Marxism. Won't you think yeah. of the children? Well, this is, this is knee jerk anti-Marxism, but uh, more than that, it's, it's kind of the, the Puritan side of the legislature coming out and saying, no, no, we, it's still 1954 and we can't have our kids showing anything above their ankle, you know, something like that. I'm not sure. So let's start with, the Utah Social Media Regulation Act. This is an act which uh, does the following. Uh, well, to start, it requires all social media sites to verify the age of all people in Utah. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that, uh, because we know how this goes. We know there, it's, no. a, it's that rabbit hole of, well, how much money do we make doing business in Utah? And what happens if we just shut them motherfuckers off? Yes, well, there there is in fact uh, we're we're on our way there, but it's going to be a long road to get there. But there is in fact one uh, very uh, well known company who has uh, decided to go down the we don't need to go to Utah route. Um, that that being Pornhub, but that's a teaser. So um, let's see. This act will uh, the reason why it requires all people to be age verified is because uh, the vast majority of this applies to people under 18. Um, right. If a social media user is determined to be under 18, then the following restrictions go into place. Uh, in order to open an account at all, you have to have permission from your parents. Okay. Um, if you are under 18, uh, people or you are prohibited from you. In, uh, I'm sorry. Social media companies are required to block your access if you're under 18 between 10:30 p.m. and 6:30 a.m. and to limit the number of hours that you can go or that you can be on the thing at all. Uh, by the way, those settings are uh, the parents are supposed to be allowed to change the setting. Okay, right, which makes uh, a lot of sense, right? Yeah, yes, because there are a lot of parents who are like, well, you know, first of all my kid only exists after 10 30 PM because he's a vampire. Well, I don't know if that's very common, but it might be in Utah, but honestly, there's a lot of parents who really don't care and don't think that the, the nanny rules being made by a Republican legislature should be the ones raising their kids. Well, because they I, don't understand the technology, which is you can't say all websites have to verify that somebody's an adult without understanding that means you need to collect that information verifiably on every user you can't because otherwise oh, yeah. the kids just go nope i'm 19 and and there's there's a number of of options listed for what they consider to be verifiable but none of them are very good however you will be happy to know that there is a provision in the law that says that the social media accounts really really need to uh promise that they'll delete the data that they collect for age verification and not cross their fingers behind their back. Right. Yeah. 
because it's illegal to collect data on children. But I think a few of these places do. I and, and oh, actually, let me clarify. The law says that when you do age verification, the age verification data that you collect on children has to be deleted. I'm not convinced that it requires you delete age verification data on adults. But, you know, whatever it might. Uh, There is actually a useful loophole to the 1030 to 630 uh, thing, though. Um, And you might like this one because you know exactly how you would do this is uh, the section says. Time of day under this section shall be calculated based on the Internet protocol address being used <laughs> by the Utah minor account holder at the time of attempting access. Oh, well, which you means throw yourself into the uh, different time zone. Yeah. If you can get if, if you can, I, I it, it's not entirely clear. It just says calculated based on. Now, I don't know if that means that by law you are now required to geolocate or I think that. Uh, This to me read like if you just change the system time on your computer, you know, like back in the 80s before every computer was was using NTP daemons every five minutes to confirm the time with the Internet. Back when we weren't all on the Internet, there were a lot of software that would do things like, uh, you know, you you remember shareware back in the day. You download the shareware and it would work from 30 days from when you first ran it and then it would refuse to work. But you could get it to work again by changing your system time back to the within that 30 days. Right. And you can well, continue like to do it. Thing. Right. Yeah. So this this sounds like the same thing. If you can just change your system time, then then your system will report that it's between 630 and 1030 and you're good. And, you know, wh- whether or not that exploit works technically, I guess what I'm pointing out is it's now written into the law that if you can convince your system that it's between 630 and 1030. It's legal. And if it is just a IP thing, it's very easy to change that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going back to there are a lot of VPN users now suddenly in Utah. Yeah. For wonder why. Uh, I just don't understand are the social media companies. What is their response? Because I would think most of them would be we're not doing this. And so going to be a massive undertaking. It's going to be nearly impossible to do across multiple states and countries and it's not worth it it's just not worth the effort or the money well i think if you are facebook you might do it anyway if you are uh and you know if you are Ariner and you're using no agenda social then you might look at this and go yeah i can i can ip ban utah i'm okay with that oh, be way f- easier than because Right. Uh, you know, how many Mastodon server owners are going to bother with trying to build in an age verification? Well, this is the interesting thing where we usually run into the fact that politicians don't know tech. Did they include a provision which exempted sites that have less than X amount of users? Yes, actually. That so, would be good. Uh, no agenda social would not matter or would not hit, uh, be affected by this. There may be some Mastodon instances who would. I can uh, let's see. I can jump forward. Uh, the definition of a social media company. Uh, the thing that excludes most of the Mastodon sites is going to be at least five million account holders worldwide. Although the interesting question that would uh, definitely be argued by a lawyer who wanted to cash in on something would be to argue that because Mastodon gives you access to the entire Fediverse and the entire Fediverse has at least 5 million account holders worldwide, that each server owner 
should have to implement age verification. But that's a question that's obviously not you, not something that the the tech idiots who wrote this in the legislature would even consider. Right. They wouldn't understand that you're you're putting a number on this and not understanding that there's a bunch of smaller services that combine to form one large service. So how do you deal with that? Well, they don't. They, they they don't. Obviously, they don't. They let the courts do it and let lawyers who are only only possibly more tech savvy than the people, the, the legislators. Yeah. If, if, okay. Yeah. And on a good day. So, OK, uh, under the this definition, a social media company has to have at least five million accounts. Uh, they have to let you create a profile, upload posts, view others posts and, quote, interact with other account holders. OK. Um, and then there's a big, long list of exclusions, things that for the purpose of this law do not qualify as social media companies, presumably because these are the industries that have uh, big lobbyists who managed to get the exclusions in. I'm not sure. Uh, email providers, private messaging services, broadcasters, online shopping, online gaming, photo hosting, professional and career sites. So LinkedIn is not a social media network, believe it or not. Even though it acts absolutely like it. Even a, though it totally is. Uh-huh. Um, cloud storage, shared document services, teleconferencing, academic or scholarly research, genealogical research. 23andMe does not count. Not that I would have expected them to, but somehow they got an exception in anyway. Uh, and uh, a, a professional or crea- a professional creative network for showcasing and discovering artistic content if the content is required to be non-pornographic. Um, the reason I call that, that out, that's, that's image hosting services, but it says the only way that an image hosting service can qualify is if the image hosting service has a rule that says no porn. I'm, I only mention this because I brought a story last week about Imgur banning all porn from right. their service. And I wonder how related this is. I would probably guess very. And now having the rule and enforcing it are also two different things. Yeah. And I did. There's another thing about I, I really, you know, I, I've read, I've read too many laws in my day. I, I am not a lawyer. I never want to be a lawyer. Uh, becoming a lawyer requires re, a respect for the law that I am never going to have for the rest of my life. Um, but when I'm going to be beaten over the head with something, I want to understand it. Plus, Laws are like programming. They're they're like computer code in that they try to define a a set of rules and a set of instructions. Uh, But they're like really, really buggy, shitty computer code that was written by uh, an AI and a retarded monkey. Yeah. And it might barely work, which is kind of what lawmakers are. So I don't like laws that enumerate exceptions to things because what's going to happen is uh, this is yet another regulation that when the next big thing that pretty much by definition, nobody knows what it is today because it's the next thing and not the current thing. What somebody out there is going to create something really disruptive, you know, uh, the next Twitter, uh, the next uh, uh, MySpace. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it'll look like. I'm not the person inventing it. If, if I did know, I'd be out there inventing it and not doing a podcast. But whatever the next thing is, it doesn't have an exception in this list. And therefore, when the next new thing appears, regulation like this is going to strangle it in the cradle because you will automatically fall under this horrific draconian law 
that doesn't have an exception for the thing that didn't exist when the law was written. And the law will put such a regulatory burden on them that the next thing, which could be cool and amazing and completely change again how everybody interacts, will instead be put out of business by these Utah morons making terrible laws. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't uh, get does, it. They don't get it. What else does SB 152 do? Uh, parents are required to have access to their minors' accounts, uh, including access to posts and private messages. I'm not entirely against this, but implementation is going to be difficult. Yeah, well, that would be my question, which is, does that mean that the minor has to give the parents their login information so the parents can go in and check on that at any given time. No, no. The legal responsibility is entirely on the social media company for making certain that the parents have that ability. So the parents either need to have another account with the social media that would then be able to see that. I mean, this, this adds a bunch of different uh, hurdles yes, that does. have to go over. And this also then will go immediately to the battered wife, battered husband who has a spouse that's like, well, I'm going to I'm going to watch yeah. everything you do on Instagram or oh wherever. Gosh. I, I didn't even think about that. But you're you're absolutely right. Battered wife or, you know, uh, abused wife wants to create an account. Husband's going to camp, come out and say, well, then you're going to have to mark me as your parent. Uh huh. That's oh, that is nefarious. Yes. Well, this is. Yeah. Well, that's the problem with all of this tech stuff is you have to think that way right off the bat to go. How can this be misused? And it's all for I don't the have children. to think about every possible way it can be misused if I already recognize that it's a terrible, awful law, because all laws have unintended consequences and laws like this are breeding grounds for the worst of them. Yeah. I don't get uh, it. I don't get it. Uh, OK. Social media companies may not include anyone under 18 uh, in searches. So if you search for your friends and they're under 18, that will not come back in Utah. Uh, they may not target or suggest ads, accounts, or content to anyone under uh, 16 or 18. Um, in fact, they may not show advertisements to people under 18 at all. I am all for not showing advertisements to people, but this is going to devastate the business model of a lot of social media companies out there. Oh, yeah. And I think the Utah legislature was all for that. Well, and that's the interesting part because you know. Things like TikTok are a majority in that age demographic. So if you say, hey, you can no longer spew ads at them or you can't use an algorithm to show them the content, the sites can't really, one, afford to do business or two, their main business is done because what they would normally do, you're like, well, no, you can't do that. You just have to show them everything in the order that it was posted. And with TikTok, you're not really just shown the people that you subscribe to. So it changes everything, which would probably uh, be a huge hit to TikTok, which, again, as you said, might be the point. Might be. I, you know, I, I don't believe that the good of a Silicon Valley social media network, it was on the mind of the Utah legislators who wrote this up. And the problem, of course, is that when when a, a policy wonk decides that they want to write something like this the thing in the forefront of their mind always is look how evil facebook is look how evil instagram is look how evil tiktok is look at had that horrible content on twitter i mean they even let the ex-president back on and 
they're the re- and, you know the well okay Republicans in Utah might be thinking the opposite but they're thinking exactly the same thing. Look how terrible all these social media networks are, and they only look at the huge ones who don't give a crap about reg- le- uh, regulation because. They have entire departments of thousands of people who are here to jump through regulatory hoops. Who is this legislation going to destroy? It's the little networks with five million and one active users who are run by three people in a garage, and there's no way they can comply. Yeah. So, well, and you understand that the way around compliance for the user is get a VPN, which there's plenty Absolutely. of free ones, but we know you're then really yeah, tempting. Free VPNs fate. are worth what you paid for them. Uh huh. But or the, less. The paid VPNs are, you know, if you pay for a few years at a time, like two, three bucks a month on the low end. I think Mulvad, which we talked about last week, I believe, where they were the one where yeah. the the authorities their up. offices got raided in Sweden, and the cops went away, going, "Well, the." They said there's nothing here and we couldn't find anything. Uh huh. <laughs> They're the ones you can still just send in five bucks in cash and they'll give you a month worth of a VPN. I mean, five bucks a month is not a lot if somebody really wants to get their uh, TikTok on no. or whatever it is to be like, well, now I look like I'm coming and from wherever. Here, okay. But if not, you don't say five bucks a month is not very much. What you say is, is your privacy worth $5 a month to you? Right. Because the answer should be yes. And if it's not, then don't bother with a VPN. Right. Then you're fine. Although if you yeah. want to get into somebody that's trying to block you, well, that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the moment that all of your data is compromised and you have to shell out thousands of dollars trying to deal with identity f- fraud, then you'll realize that that five bucks a month was probably worth it. And you made a terrible mistake. But some, you know, some people can learn by watching others, but most people just have to pee on the electric fence by themselves. And then you learn usually quickly. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, something Baron Spud the Mighty said a few minutes ago, uh, actually looked up a site, uh, says they only have to delete the kids. <laughs> Sorry, they only have to delete the kids data. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> otherwise that sounds fairly harsh. Yeah. So I guess that was an answer to your question from a little while back. You okay. Delete so, the children, please. The other thing that uh, SB 152 does, and and of course we should know any big law like this always, what do they do? They have to have enforcement. So how do you have enforcement? You create a new bureaucratic office. This one creates the Division of Consumer Protection going with the strong tendency of government agencies to name themselves exactly the opposite of what they do, but I digress. the division is tasked with enforcing all of this stuff. The, the division will be created and go online at the same time that the law does. This presents some weird logistical things because the very first thing that the division is going to have to do is uh, decide uh, some really important things like uh, what is age verification? Um, what, what, sites are uh, are going to be enforced and what's not and if the complaints come in at exactly the same time that you appoint a director and tell him go hire a staff you're not going to get clear guidance for 6 to 12 months down the road while this law is in enforce so so that's just a a technical like they have not thought this through well that's usually uh, the case with the yes. government 
Okay, uh, what else do, uh, let's move on. Let's move on to the next law, HB 311. Um, this one, in t- uh, it, it concerns the creation of the Division of Consumer Protection. Uh, it has a whole lot of stuff about enforcement of the things that the Social Media Regulation Act did, but it also creates a new class of offense in Utah state law. Uh, the, the offense is harm to a minor by a social media company. That is, in fact, what it's called. Um, not, not really, you know, presuming anything there, I guess. Uh, but except that all social media is dangerous to children yeah. and they shouldn't be on it in the first place. You are more right than, you know, <laughs> uh, a person may bring an action under this section against a social media company to recover get damages incurred by a Utah minor account holder for any addiction, financial, physical, or emotional harm suffered as a consequence of using or having an account on the social media company's social media platform. Wow. Uh, they go on to define what addiction is, what financial, physical, and emotional harm are. Um, actually, they're not really well defined. They're pretty much overly broad. But uh, the law literally presumes it starts out under the assumption written into the law that social media causes addiction, financial, physical, and emotional harm to minors. And presumes that any minor, uh, in fact, uh, the, there, there is a section um, which applies actually only to people under 16. So 16 to 18 is a little bit of a gray area, 17 to 18. But if you're under 16, uh, the section says, if a Utah minor account holder seeking recovery of damages under this section is under the age of 16, there shall be a presumption that the harm actually occurred and that the harm was caused as a consequence of using or having an account on the social media company's social media platform. The law literally states that you are guilty until proven innocent. You have to defend yourself. You have to prove that as a social media company that, oh, we did not cause the harm. Now, if that were even possible to prove, who the hell keeps the logs? Who the hell keeps that much? Like it goes against a bunch of data privacy things to even keep enough data to be able to prove that, Oh, we didn't do it. And how, how do you prove the negative? How do you prove you didn't addict somebody? How do you prove somebody felt had no harm? This is, it, it blew my mind to read this section of the law because written into the law, there is just an automatic presumption that if you fall under the category of a social media company, you are automatically guilty of corrupting kids. Well, it's even worse, I think, because we already have. I mean, think about this in the same way you would think about cigarettes. It's been proven already that social media is detrimental to children. So any child that is that. Why only children? Well, to everybody. Sorry. Separate, is, separate thing go ahead it I'm is sorry. it is to everybody but you know as an adult you get to make that choice now what we're to believe here is that children brains full of mush are not able to make that choice so they must be protected that's the reason for these well-meaning laws which often lead right down the rabbit hole but we know 100 percent that social media causes harm to anybody that uses it, including children. So this is going to be a bonanza for all of the sue hungry lit- litigation hungry folks. Oh yeah. 
Because oh yeah, the, the the chum is in the water for lawyers at this point. Yeah, and, your kids and by on the way, social media. Only, boom. You you are correct that we know as podcasters we've known this for a long time. But there's a difference between knowing it and the fact that it is just written into the law that a social media company is automatically guilty. You are going to have lawyers connecting up to the an AI to turn out. Thousands and thousands of of declarations of uh, the uh, legal briefs, whatever, effectively saying, um, you know, let's uh, here's if I was a lawyer in Utah, here's what I do. Enumerate every social media company. Find a user of that company. Send them a letter saying you owe me money now because my client was harmed and we know my client was harmed because it's written into the law. And step three profit. Yes, it's it's going to be a feeding frenzy. No social media company can exist in Utah under these conditions is kind of what I was what I'm getting at by this very long ass presentation, which I think they will all just go. Well, okay, we have to now. And now what happens? I'm curious if a social media company doesn't matter which one it is decides exactly what you just said. And does everything within their power to say, if you are from Utah, our terms of service say you cannot use this site. And people from Utah are going to, of course, continue to use the site, even if the social media company tries to geofence or whatever. Now, can those people in Utah still sue them for using the site, even though the company tried to block them from getting on and they knew in the law that it was dangerous and they did it anyway, but now can they still sue? I can tell you the law doesn't specify. My guess is that that is a question for a jury. And what that means is that it is in the hands of whichever lawyer is more persuasive. Because then you have to point at the person that is going out of their way to access the site and be like, well, you're at fault. You're the one that intentionally bypassed those safety measures. But it's going to be interesting because in, in, in a sane world. That would, you know, that would be the signal that says I waive my right to sue under this horrible law because I went around it. Yes. But I, I'm, I'm not sure that I, I'm not even sure that this this it, this law is so short sighted. Um, it. Yeah. Well, it's trying to do the parents job for them and parents yes. suck. And in this case, what we're also going to find makers are, are not. A substitute for parents. I don't care no. how Mormon you are. Well, and you're also going to find out that with their parents' knowledge or not, the kids are going to start using their parents' information to get accounts if it gets to the point that you're taking driver's license numbers oh, yeah. or whatever. We we know that will happen because that is literally what happens in the first country in the world to try to do this like uh, a, a, a regulation on this level. This law. Is is some pure next level CCP authoritarian bullshit. This is Chinese Communist Party level restrictions on the Internet. And it's very obviously being put into place, telling you it's for the children. But what this is going to do is track everybody, not just the children. So don't tell me that's not the bottom line here. They want people to be responsible for their own online content and that seems again like that may be a great thing to push for until you look at things like 
people in communist countries that are trying to get a message out. When you start forcing internet service providers or anybody to verify an identity, that is a really dangerous slope. So we are going to have some real problems. Uh, the, the law talks about reasonable age verification. Um, it does give some suggestions. Uh, Utah has um, a state provided. Um, Utah has they, they have a digital ID card. It's, it's one of the first states in the country that has done that. Um, the state of Utah has a phone app that you can put on your phone, which you are legally allowed to substitute for a driver's license. And using that app, if you go on your phone, you can verify by submitting that. So logistically, that is one of the suggestions that's made. Um, the other, you know, so, so social media companies that want to partner with the state of Utah and connect to their API, which probably has a bunch of strings attached, but whatever. Social media companies who want to connect with the state of Utah API can use that app and then people can log in on their phone. I don't know if that Matt helps with the desktop or not, but it's one option. Uh, the other thing that they call out is uh, you can go, the social media companies can go through a quote, independent third party age verification service, which uses commercially available databases that are regularly used by government agencies and businesses for age and identity verification. Um, and then it also counts out, calls out, you know, companies must not keep or store information used for age verification. Well, here's Actually, another question I have. Yes. How do they deal with people traveling into Utah? Do those children and adults probably to, badly? Do they then have to double identify themselves? Or if you're an existing TikTok, Facebook, Instagram user from Illinois, say, and none of this age verification stuff is required here. Do you, if traveling within the Utah borders, have to put up with this? Because if so, then the whole concept of just geofencing doesn't help. So from the perspective of law, I have to admit when I was reading it, I do not remember taking note of whether it said Utah citizens or if it said people in Utah. Um, I suspect the latter, but I can't say for certain the uh, direct links to the legislation, which I did read, will be in the show notes. So if people who are really curious about that can look it up, I, I'm not going to keep anything secret here. But this is, again, uh, the kind however, of stuff that you look at and go, this is nearly impossible to enforce. Yeah, um, that's that's from a matter of law, from a matter of enforcement. It's almost certainly going to be done with geofencing. It's almost certainly going to be rife with false positives and false negatives. Uh, you know, what, what if you're in, in Moab and you use the Wi-Fi of somebody in Grand Forks or something? Right. Yeah. I, well, and if they only do this when you're registering an account, it becomes a lot easier to get around because then all you need is a VPN for the registration and be like, well, no, I'm not in Utah. That's all you need. If that, if you're, if it doesn't check every time you log in, cause there's a big change as well. A big difference to me on whether you're doing this kind of stuff. Every time somebody accesses a site to verify, or if you're doing this once, Oh, okay. You got the account. You've proven you're not in Utah. Great. We don't care if you come to Utah, we're not going to hassle you. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe what they're trying to do is say, you know, people from Illinois stay out of Utah. Well, that, that would not be a bad thing. We have that's, a lot of weapons. It's not here. an unreasonable I mean, other than it's unconstitutional, but that's not an unreasonable thing to want. When have politicians cared about the Constitution? 
Oh, they don't. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's, let's move on to SB 287, the third law. Now, this one is not the one that, uh, that directly applies to minors. This one, the gist of the law is uh, age verification for all porn in Utah, which, as we learned from the UK, doesn't freaking work. Now, let but, me ask you this. Does this seem to be what the people in Utah are worried mainly about is the porn? Because the social media and the porn... I mean, there's some connection, but it's not the same thing. Are they just worried about the porn and that the social media is getting dragged into it because there no, is no, some the, porn there? Okay. The the porn is a completely separate law. Okay. There there were there were three laws on two different topics that were were being covered here. The 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 uh what is it? Uh, SB 152 and HB 311 are the social media ones. Uh, the the form, former regulates social media and the latter is a, it creates the Department of Bureaucracy Department to enforce it. Um, then the third law that I'm listing here is the, quote, Online Pornography Viewing Age Requirements Act. Don't we already have that? Um, I, I don't know. Do, do we? I mean, I thought overall, it's like if you're, I mean, I don't know if there's anything stopping you, but the reality is that the laws have always been there. It's why you still, are they, I mean, it, I, I just look at things like R rated and X rated movies where you can't just walk into a movie theater, but I guess now when something is streaming, that's not technically a law, it's uh, just what people is, did for, uh, th- yeah. The well, the the R and X rated movies is a voluntary rating system instituted by the Motion Picture Association so that they wouldn't get legislated. Ah, well, that would make sense. Um, that that's actually happened in quite a lot of industries. Uh, it happened in uh, I don't remember if it happened in music or not. It definitely happened in video games with the ESRB. Um, but a lot of industries where the ind- you know if if there is a dominant industry association the association will say well we don't need laws being written so we'll just write our own regulations and that's how the rating system for movies happened so back when the porn community decided it was a good thing to keep kids out that's not the case anymore well i i think it's generally accepted by most normal thinking people that it that kids being introduced to porn without you know without any limitations is generally not a hu- a great idea. No, but welcome to the internet. Yeah. The the internet is for porn. That's which what- is why parents need to parent their children and the internet cannot do it. Oh, that old bromide. Uh-huh. I mean, it's totally true, but Right, but that they don't want to hear that, okay. which again, this is I don't know which law is crazier thinking that you can age verify all of social media again talking about a worldwide thing or that you can block porn i don't know which one's <laughs> a crazier thought knowing how the internet works because neither of one them are an unenforceable and unconstitutional yeah and neither one could uh, be done so here's the thing that really jumped out at me when i read the the anti-porn one um most of the language in this one does not use the term pornography in fact it's only the 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 letters p-o-r-n only appear two times in the entire document, the vast majority of it describes material harmful to minors. Oh my God. And so we're included. 
Well, I, uh, I'm not actually mining right now. I don't have the power bill for it. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> but, saying. Uh, material harmful to miners, which is a term defined in the legislation itself and used all over as uh, this. This is some some leftist style redefinition of terms here because uh, material harmful to miners is defined as any material that the average person applying contemporary community standards would find taking the material as a whole with respect to miners is designed to appeal to or is designed to pander to the prurient interest. It then goes on to list a very large number of specific body parts, which and a percentage of of the image that would need to be shown with some of these body parts in order trying desperately to define pornography without using the word. Wait, they're using percentages. Yeah, yeah the, uh, well, you well, can show yeah, like fifteen percent of a boob, but you know, if you show like this 18%. entire law, this entire law only applies to sites where more than quote. 33-1-3%, of the total material is material harmful to minors. Oh, yeah. This came up somewhere in the past, and I know we talked about this because it's like, so Pornhub could go legit if they allow people just to upload their stupid Facebook or their yeah. you know YouTube kind if, of videos. If, if Pornhub could somehow like invite 70% of the content to be cat photos or yes. cat videos, then they would be fine. And you don't think but this is going to be what people are going to do because now you're, I, you're I don't fighting, know. you're fighting this and going, well, what percentage? I, I know we talked will, about will this quickly become the most popular search on the whole site. Yes, because we, t- I think we talked about this in the, also in the uh, framing of, well, do we look at when you say what amount is that? the each title are you dealing with each you know if you have videos up is it each video or is it the time like if you got a hundred minutes of porn and a thousand minutes of between the that's between the persuasive lawyer and the jury yes which i'd love to be if hear that if if you are a social media company and you aren't just pulling out of utah entirely just make sure you get a very eloquent lawyer for this because there is so much room for interpretation. It is going to be entirely on who can give the most fiery sermon in a courtroom. Yeah. It's going to be entertaining when it finally yeah. happens. Uh, <laughs> I, I did. I, if, if I may digress into a bit, bit of a rant that never happens. I know. I hate laws that call out the average person or, or contemporary community standards or things like that. Um, a code of laws is supposed to be, a set of objective rules under which you operate your society. And the moment that somebody puts in their law, well, if the average person would find taking as a whole, if it's designed to appeal to contemporary community standard, then you have just created something completely subjective that any prosecutor or any persuasive lawyer can argue either direction and both of them are right if you happen to find the right 12 puritan mormons or not well and people that don't understand the technology yes if you get people don't understand tech you're screwed it just the very idea of subjective laws makes my teeth itch as as a programmer who wants to know 
before I go out and potentially commit a crime, what the crimes are. But when you create a law that require or that changes the crime, depending on whether or not I get a jury full of people like me or a jury full of people like Tipper Gore, then it's it's impossible to know whether or not you can do something. And that is the failure of a system of code of laws. When you put in subjective bullshit like this. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) well, and as much as I believe in the federalized way, the United States was put together when it comes to certain things, it makes this kind of stuff so much harder by every state having a different take on it. It makes it really hard to do business. And I consider that a feature. It is. But if you were running a business, you would probably take a little bit of a different look on it. But okay, if I was running a business, I would definitely grumble about it because of the logistic complications that it makes when you try to cross state lines. Uh, now, I live out west where states are large enough that you can have a very respectable business that's limited to only one state. True. Um, true. Now, if if I lived in Rhode Island, then you really like you can't walk to the grocery store without crossing into Connecticut or Massachusetts. And maybe uh, maybe those states are too damn small and they should combine some. I don't know. I'm not really there and it's not my problem. But I I feel like. these well, as as a person who is a proponent of decentralization, and I believe that that economic systems work better when you have more smaller actors than when you have few larger ones. In fact, that's, it's a pretty much an economic truth. Um, getting large enough to have to have offices in all 50 States. That is a good problem to have because it yes. means you're very large. It means you're making money hand over fist. I'm not going to cry when Amazon comes out and says, oh, wow, wow, we have to hire an extra person just to understand how tax laws work in each state. No, you you are operating in every freaking state. You are making money hand over fist in every freaking state. You are so big. You are crushing the corpses of tiny mom and pop shops everywhere you step. I don't mind that you have to go through an extra a few extra hoops. Now, let me ask you this, though. I just had an idea. This could be a multi-billion dollar idea. So if anybody does this, I want to. Yeah, I, wanna, I like it already. I want a nice cut on this. Why has no social media company? And there are a bunch of new ones popping up. Jack Dorsey with his new blue sky. But why doesn't anybody? Elon Musk. Why do they not take their service? And as part of their app. Run all traffic through a country that has none of these laws that have no problem. So everybody's traffic goes through Switzerland, Sweden, and Sweden, I think is one of the most free countries with this stuff. Cause that's where Mulvad is. Why doesn't everything just run through Sweden and go, I don't know. Everybody says they're Swedish because the U S would invade that country. <laughs> that would be a fun thing to watch too, but I don't know. <laughs> that seems like a great idea. All traffic is anonymized. Everything's from Sweden. We don't have to worry about Utah's bullshit laws because I don't know. They checked the box and said, you know, this. are you from Sweden? Yes. I mean, they just write different bullshit laws or, or right, they would that wouldn't make a difference because it's from Sweden the, now. 
the, the regulatory agency would reinterpret the law and say, oh, well, we actually have determined that IPs are not a good proxy for location. And so we're going to require that you not only do age verification, but you also have to do location verification. Now, was actual age important or just what I identify as? I, I don't know. I, you know, if, if there was any justice, it'd be mental age and, yes. and none of these legislators would be allowed to use social media ever again. There could just be an IQ test. We'd be more than happy with that part as well. But I think that okay, would be so. genius. Run everything through Sweden and then you don't have to worry about any of the laws. I want to call out a reason why this Cox guy is a dick. <laughs> um, and the people, the, the, representatives the legislators who pushed for this law the law takes effect in march of 2024 the social media version of it oh uh, after fact, the election yes uh march of 2024 no that's before the main one anyway uh that's like a year before a 10 months but anyway march of 2024 is when the law takes in effect uh january of 2024 is when the porn one goes into effect i think uh, the reason why there's such a, an impressively long delay. Now, it would make sense to establish your department of bureaucracy department and have them start creating rules a year in advance before the law goes into effect. That would actually kind of make sense, although the whole law goes into effect at that time. So the department doesn't technically exist until then. So why did they push it back so long? Well, according to one of the articles I read, uh, Cox acknowledged that a legal challenge to the new restrictions would likely be forthcoming. Well, duh, when you write unconstitutional laws, that happens. He says, but he's confident that the state will prevail. <laughs> um, yeah, the state does prevail if, if you stack the courts with activist judges who ignore the Constitution. But I don't know if that's happened in Utah. It sure as hell has in Washington. But anyway, um, this is a tactic that is being taken by lawmakers at all levels on all sides of the political spectrum. Well, uh, well, leftists and rightists. I don't know if there are any other sides, not in the U S but the tactic, which I see everywhere is you pass a blatantly unconstitutional law as a negotiation tactic, right? Then you have months and months. Well, people freak out about the blatantly unconstitutionality of or blatant unconstitutionality of the law as people file lawsuits. And eventually it finally makes its way through the courts and either the law is upheld by a corrupt court. And then you can say, well, we were right all along or the law is struck down because it's blatantly unconstitutional. And as a politician, you can now get all indignant, say, well, I was trying to protect the kids and but those terrible activist judges would not let me and you get massive political points for doing something that is effectively violating your oath to uphold the constitution it it's a reason why every politician ever needs to have their term limits enforced possibly at the end of a firing squad i'm not sure it it just fuck politicians that's all i'm saying they rarely come up with the proper answers to the problem. They're, they rarely come up with anything but more problems. We'll see, but that keeps them well, well versed in their offices because they get to fix those problems that they caused. Okay. So governor cock goes and signs these unconstitutional laws. And uh, what's the next thing that happens pretty much uh, within 24 hours. In fact, 
uh, if you try to log in to Pornhub from Utah. And you have. You don't get the Pornhub main page. Instead, you get a blank page that says, or not blank, a page that has the text. As you may know, your elected officials in Utah are requiring us to verify your age before allowing you to access our website. While safety and compliance are at the forefront of our mission, giving your ID card every time you want to visit an adult platform is not the most effective solution for protecting our users, and in fact, will put children and your privacy at risk. Uh, Then, right above that, there is a video of actress Sherry DeVille reading that message into the camera, although she's wearing clothes, so I found the video to be less interesting than some of her other work. The message then asks people from Utah to demand device-based verification solutions from their legislators. And how would that work? Um, Actually, uh, not that much different from uh, Louisiana, where where Pornhub has found a way to work around this. Louisiana, I found while I was researching, affected a similar bit of legislation that started in January, where they required age verification to visit porn sites. Um, I don't know the details of that law. I didn't read that one. But uh, what Pornhub decided to do there was if you come in with a an IP geolocated in Louisiana, you get a different front page, which directs people to verify using the state digital ID system. Uh, I described this before. Um, there's a system called L.A. Wallet, L.A. being Louisiana, not Los Angeles for you idiot Californians. Uh Pornhub has reported, or so, so in order to get in, and by the way, the, the reason why Pornhub is said uh, every single time is because you don't have to, as, as any good site should, you do not have to sign in with an account in order to view content. And so that's why they said you'd have to age, ver- in order to continue that existence, you'd have to age verify every single time you log in, which is a total pain in the ass. Right. But or again, could you verify an account? And then as long as you log into that yeah. account, if you have an account and now you've got all of the joy of being tracked online and well, uh, which you are anyway, I don't, I don't strictly distrust Pornhub per se. I certainly trust them more than a number of other social media networks, but I don't see any, I don't have any desire to create an account anywhere just for the purpose of viewing content anonymously that, that drives me up the wall. But unlike Utah, Louisiana has a system where you can just, uh, you, you go to Pornhub, they ping the API, the API pings your phone and you swipe a notification on your phone that says, yeah, this was me. And then you can get in. And Pornhub seems to be just demanding that Utah also implement a system like that. Now, I personally hate that. And I think that somebody in Louisiana needs to be punched as well. But uh, my argument against the rise of the totalitarian state seems to be falling on deaf ears in the last few years. Yeah, because none of this stuff really works. There's always a way around it. And it's really not doing anything to protect the children. It's just doing bad things to track people and to inconvenience people where again, if children would just be kept off the internet or their parents would have a way to keep track of what they're doing on the internet, we wouldn't have these issues. And I know we're the old folk, but going back to those simpler times when the family had a computer and it had to not be in one of the kids' bedrooms and whatever they were doing online was watched by the parents has long disappeared once the phones came into this 
And every parent thinks that their 10-year-old, if not younger, and older kids all deserve to have phones. That's where the problem is. And they're the ones that are responsible. If something bad happens to their children, they're responsible. Because if you give them a device that can access the Internet, they are now going to have access to porn and other things. (laughs) They're now going to access the Internet. Right. That's all you need to say, really. But I think you need to explain to parents like you can't separate the Internet. If you give them access to this, they are going to get porn. They are going to have people send it to them whether or not they want it. If they're on any of the social media sites, they're probably going to get something in their DMs that they don't want. They're going to have people creeping on them. They're going to have people stalking them. They're, They're going to be harmed, which will make some lawyers very, very rich. Yes, especially in Utah. Yeah, if they're in Utah, it's like this is not going to work because the only, I'm thinking here, I'm like, well, how would you fix this? Well, maybe you have a way to as somebody that uses one of these little YubiKeys. Well, you could do that. Be like, well, but then, you know, a YubiKey that's assigned to an adult or whatever. So, you know, registered to an adult is going to find its way into the hands of a child. So that's yeah, all you would if, need. Then. If it's in the house. Uh huh. So there's really worry, no way. We'll have we'll have laws soon enough that require you to lock up your YubiKey in your gun locker. Yes. Yeah. But you, yeah, you don't can't have that YubiKey loaded. Be very careful. Yes. The, the YubiKey and your 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 private key and your biometric data must be kept in separate gun lockers. Well, this is why they can only block porn. That's 100 percent of the site, because all of the social media sites contain porn. And this is that loophole. That's what that's for which is all the porn that gets traded around on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Hey, well, it's less than uh, 33%, so we don't need to block you. Works for me. Yeah, but not for your kids. How about it's none of the legislators damn business and we don't need to block you. Well, as sorry, as the Bemrose ranter of all rants, if you had a 15 year old child, what would you do? about their internet access if any um well i wouldn't you know that is a question that i've asked myself more than once and it's the kind of philosophical question that i get beat over the head by my brother (laughs) who actually has kids right he has an eight-year-old who doesn't have a phone yet well that's good and and for that i applaud him but uh until it's a nine-year-old with a phone (laughs) i I don't know Uh, you know Okay, it, 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 I don't know if that's a serious question or not, but by the time they've reached 15, you've either instilled some damn values into them or you haven't. Right. Um, I, I, I feel like you, you need to have a, the most critical and important thing you can do as a parent is to have a good relationship with your child so that they trust you enough to bring stuff like this to them. What, what are almost all of the horrific child snatching stories, you know, especially when you've got your, your kindergarten teacher trying to go behind parents' backs and turn the kids train transgendered or something. Right. In every case, this is only enabled by a kid who doesn't trust their parents enough to make sure their parents are involved in the life. That's the only solution I can see out of this. And I don't have a 15 year old, so I don't know how well I would do. Uh, it's possible that I just slap the shit out of him and then lock him in a room until he's 18. Uh, I'd like to think I wouldn't do that, or at least I'd, I'd like to think I wouldn't get caught if I did, but <laughs> I, I, 
I, I would like to think that by the time you've reached that point, you have developed, you, you've been there for the emotional and intellectual development of your child to the point where they know that when the parent is around that it's not, Oh, hide what I'm doing. It's I'm being introduced to new things. And my parent is here so that I have somebody that understands what I'm seeing. And I can ask questions if I have them. Right. Well, parenting is the building blocks that you give your kids that they're able to handle what they're going to get, as you said, on the internet which is a wide yeah. variety of things. The the internet is a scary place, but I don't think the right solution is wait until somebody turns 18 and then release them into the world because that's how you get 33-year-old incels who go out and, and vote Biden and march in Black Lives Matter. Well, true. But the, how many... The right solution is, is yes, the not just the internet, the world is a scary place. Oh, yeah. And... You need to make sure that your child is prepared to understand what they're going to encounter out in the real world. Childhood is the right time to prepare for that. And the way you prepare is not hide your kid from every interaction in the world. The way you do that is introduce them to the types of things that they're going to see in an environment where they can be comfortable and ask questions and understand what's going on so that when they turn 18 and get unleashed on the world, they don't suddenly have their brains melt with all of the scariness that's actually out there. Oh yeah. And there's no question that what they're trying to do with these laws in Utah and elsewhere would be to prevent things like the stories we've talked about. It seems it's mainly younger teenage boys who get a DM from somebody claiming to be a teenage girl and, Oh, I'll show you my naked photos. If you show me yours, (laughs) How many oh, of, AI has made that so easy? Well, AI's made uh, it easier. Stable, yes. stable diffusion has made it so that you can script that shit now. But my question is, of all of these kids, and it is a tragedy with how many that have committed suicide over this, how many of those kids had a talk with their parents before being allowed to be on social media or the internet that says, hey, dumbass, this could possibly happen to you if some random girl you don't know sends you a nude and says, send me a nude of you. Don't fucking do it. I mean, that would be some vital knowledge to impart. That, that I, It doesn't seem like the kind of thing that most parents would think of. But yes, that is a conversation that should be had at, at least once. Do we need to write Just, a book like shit you need to tell your kids you know about what? the that Internet? Is exactly what we should do. This podcast isn't paying. So instead, us yes. two childless people are going to go out and write a book explaining how you parent. Yes. Grumpily. Well, no, not parent overall. Just shit you need to tell your kids about the internet. That maybe that's it. Well, yeah. What you need to do in order to learn how the internet works is listen to Grumpy Old Ben's from episode one. Yes, and uh, <laughs> once you catch up to episode number two hundred and twenty-one, I mean, I know the next episode two two two. That's going to be bringing out two hundred and twenty-two dollar donations like nobody's business. I can feel it. We're going to be loaded up. We're going to get so many thousands on the next episode that we're going to feel guilty for trying to make people feel bad for not donating. Yeah, but I won't show my guilt. No, why would you? It's a sign of weakness. I mean, today's show, I mean, we're here, what, an hour and 10 minutes in or so. And I think this is like the longest one topic show we've done since like episode 40 something. It's been a while. Well, when, when I read about something that, and, you you know that we are 
we are labeled far right wing by, you know, all mainstream media. And when I look at this and I'm like, this is a bunch of Republicans being just as fucking stupid as the woke uh, blue state legislatures. It, it's the, this law violates section 230. It violates the first amendment. It violates the fifth amendment. It, it, there's no way that a, an honest court could possibly allow this, but these people are coming out here and deciding that they are going to make political points and screw you guys. I don't care if you're on the right or the left, you are being assholes who are using the government as a cudgel. And no, I hate Facebook. No, I hate Twitter. I, if I want to start a social media network, why the hell should I have to do age verification? Well, yeah, and you don't force parents to parent, by the way. That's the sad part about it. Yeah. You can't force parents to parent, and that's what you're trying to do with these laws that aren't going to have the right effect. Well, it, I, I wish we could force parents to parent because there are a lot of people out there who are being unleashed on the world without ever having been given values from parents, yes. uh, either because their parents aren't there or because their parents are morons, like uh, they're, maybe they're woke or something. I wish there was a way to force it, but you know what? The only thing that is even worse than growing up with shitty parents is, is growing up with government parents. Oh yeah. Those are the shittiest parents of all. They, they are absolutely like let's take what government has done objectively they are the least responsible the least reliable the most dishonest of any entity that you could ever call your parent i'd rather have a corporation raise my kids than the government and that's a hard thing to say and you know there's a lot of people and this comes down to the fact again of either not understanding the technology not understanding how the internet works but there are a lot of adults. If you just ran into them on the street and said, Hey, are you for websites verifying children's age to show them porn? And most people would be like, yeah, now yeah, a you, lot of people would. And then you follow that up with, well, are you okay with verifying your identity? Every site you go on? Well, fuck no. Well, and that's, and nobody thinks about that. Then how do you think a is going to happen without B? It, it doesn't, <laughs> it just doesn't. And again, that goes in the book shit to tell your kids about the internet. So, like I said, I uh, I know that we we just spent a very long time on this topic, but it was a tech story because I started with Google Trends reported uh, more than 100% increases for searches for the word VPN in the 24 hours after Governor Koch signed these laws. If you're in Utah, kids, do not use a free VPN. Save up your money and at least get NordVPN or ExpressVPN or MulvadVPN. Do not make the mistake of a free VPN and then learn how to use it and do it. Get and around those it. government regulations. That's what we teach you here on grumpy old beds. Don't like your governmental regulations. Hey, there's always a way around that. Yes. Which might involve, you know, civil disobedience every now and then as often as I can. It might entertain uh, maybe even some firearms and some bad behavior and well, I'm not going to propose anything because apparently even even the excuse of saying that you're going to, you know, shoot your political representative in Minecraft no longer works anymore. No, do but, not uh, say anything violent. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to propose any of that, but I will say that um, it, it may 
I'm not suggesting that anybody who listens to this show become violent against the government, but the government is becoming more and more unreasonable toward its own citizens. And the time may come up when you may find yourself wanting the means to defend yourself. And I will leave it at that. Hey, what is that old saying? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. That's Utah. And potholes. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Utah. That's exactly what you got now. Yes, that is exactly what you have. But I mean, this is a good time. I mean, since that was like one long topic that I think brought one hell of a lot of value. That we can go into our value for value segment, because believe it or not, we are a value and for value it's show. Gone. It's gone. The value's gone. <laughs> Disappeared. <laughs> no, no, like the segment. That. And the segment's over. Everybody's like, right. OK, we we're, there's none there. That's none. It's nothing. It's not. It's not. A, it's what is this? Nobody what they got any value out of the last show. Well. Well, it, we, luckily, we have two people still over on Patreon because this is oh. the, the first show of May. And since we started the show, we did get a $25 donation from NetNed, who says this donation is so Sir Bemrose can buy a chair or bucket to sit on either or love NetNed. So I mean, right there, the the Ryan Bemrose buy him a new Lazy Boy fund has been started. I know it was pointed out you never did get the bidet. So, I mean, a lot of these funds just kind of peter out at some point. The Bemrose yeah. bidet never made it. Well, I never I never got enough, nearly enough to install one. Somebody's like, just get a hose. They're, they're more expensive than that. Uh-huh. I mean, um, you could just get a hose. That's like a hillbilly bidet. You just get a hose. and I had uh, a couple others that I wanted to call out. Um, uh, episode 220, very shortly after we did the show. Uh, we got two boosts from Joel W for thirty three thirty three each. Uh, I think I don't remember if we called this one out on the show or not. He says I do believe boost, and then another one I will obey. Ooh, I will obey, obey, obey. Uh, and in addition to Net Ned, uh, just now. Wait, I don't see a Net Ned. Did you say Net Ned? That came in via PayPal. Okay, twenty five uh, bucks, hard earned cash out of D well, fucking Troy. Since the show started, uh, we have received a boost from Billy Bones or yeah, two. two boosts from. Oh, OK. Um, and why can't I find the amount column? OK, well, you, uh, it the looks like 34 says, it ain't much, but it ain't much, but thank you for the Utah research. Yeah, 34, 38 twice. It was is you're right. Ain't much. Thanks for Utah research and the cost of freedom. A bucko five. Ah, 33, 33 plus the cost of freedom freedom baby and then see and brooklyn. then and then see brooklyn yes uh says bemrose rant boost for and gave uh five six seven eight sets i mean i don't know i think a bemrose boost rant is worth at least twice of that i don't know see brooklyn ten times I- but we appreciate it as we do i mean as far as i'm concerned my rants should be you know uh, saturating my channels at all times but but maybe we don't do that. I've had enough problems with my notes. Yeah, your notes have all sorts sorts of problems. But then we also have Stephen McConnell and Steve E over on Patreon, five bucks a piece. And I did have a boostagram, which came into the rock and roll pre-show from Surfer, who said something like, "I can't boost to Grumpy Old Ben's on Fountain or something, so I'm boosting here," which I didn't okay. really understand, unless it was that yours was failing, which may be possible that uh, when it's he was trying to do possible. that, your node I, was I kicking am, him back. 
I am. I am currently in the process. Did I mute myself? No. 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 We can still uh, hear I, you. That's value. I, I all tabbed, and I wasn't sure if I'd left myself muted. Um, I am in the process, and I don't know that I should say very much more of of trying to acquire yet another large channel from someone that I know lots and lots of people boosts because it's the podcast index. Ooh, get you a channel so you do not run out of those glorious Satoshi Highway funds. Yes. So, uh, and I, I, I'm, that has not gone through that I can tell, but, uh, I will be doing in more investigation. It looks like, uh, I, I have tacit approval from the Podfather for getting that open. So I'm pretty pleased about that. And I'm also extremely pleased at the people who are, uh, still maintaining the channels that I have that are active, which is Sir Vo and Sir Spencer. The Podfather did boost unrelenting twice this week, which I thought was, was interesting. He called, he called me a whiny little bitch. And my only reaction was, okay. oh, he's listening. So he did listen. Yeah. Yes, so that's, that's <laughs> how you prove it. That is how you prove it. He, he gave Gene it a little bit worse. We'll read that, of course, on the show on Friday, because Gene, of course, deserves a little bit worse. And uh, Sir NetNet Gene. points out that the only thing you need for a bidet is a garden hose, pressure nozzle, and a kiddie pool. So. That's how they do actually it. <laughs> when it becomes necessary, uh, the the shower nozzle, the one that you can pull off the wall. Yes, is I mean, it, it, if you are. OK, admittedly, what I'm about to say will exclude probably 50 percent of Americans, but if you are flexible enough to reach the nozzle, that might be all you need. That might be all you need. Maybe you just got to point it in the right direction. Yes, I say I uh, and, and important important tip is uh whatever direction you point it in try to make sure it's not going to spray upward in an arc across the bathroom that may or may not have happened more than once you don't want to be in the splash zone matey yeah i tell you i replace although the only thing i don't like is it's a little bit shorter than my old shower head and being six foot six it is a real pain in the ass let me tell you that but i replaced the normal shower head which was already one you know the handheld thing that you could take off the you know that was sitting in a little uh you know clip that holds it i replaced that with a nice magnetic one and the magnetic thing is awesome nice of course Two years ago uh our our shower head which was the one that had come with the with the uh house finally got so calcified up that uh more water was shooting off in random directions or just dribbling straight down than was right. coming straight out it's going straight you know, off yeah. to the side yeah when you know when whenever one of the jets gets calcified enough it just kind of changes direction yeah, you know how that works yes and um, they're done that. this thing i mean this thing had been up there for a long time in fact i i opened it up there was gravel inside of it oh that's not good so uh and, you know, the funny thing is the water here isn't that hard. So, you know, that a lot of time had to be passed. A lot of water passed through that. But well, anyway. we used to have hard water out in the town that we're in now. And it went to Chicago water like 15, 20 years ago. But the pipes still suck. They are so rusted still from the well water that used to go through these pipes. It's never going to be good. Well, it, then you just have to replace all your plumbing. How hard could that be? I mean, not just the plumbing in the house. It's I think the plumbing all the yeah. way through, uh, you know. all the way, all the way out to the pumping plant. Uh huh. So that would have to be done. And uh, I'm sure it will be at oh. some point, but we probably won't be alive. The, the, oh, the rust thing. When, 
Not that I, I don't have this problem on Everett City Water, but when I grew up, I was on a private well, and uh, we did not have a lot of the hard water issues. What we, uh, well, what we had was a tremendous amount of iron in the groundwater. Um, what that meant was, if you let your toilet go 12, 20 hours without flushing, the water in it was orange. Ooh, yeah, yeah. We still get that. <laughs> not as not that quickly, but we still get that here, even though it's city water. That's how bad it, the pipes are. It, it meant that when you ran a bath, you you would run about five minutes worth of water and then plug it. Just to oh, anyway, the, the shower head. Uh, I was gonna say we replaced the shower head, and the first thing that I went and got because the shower head that was on was standard, sticks out the side of the wall. And immediately hits me in the shoulder. Right. Yeah. Because I, I'm not six, six, but I'm not short. And my wife, much shorter than me. She loved that. But I went out and I got uh, a little extender thing with an overhead, uh, like one of the big foot in diameter rain style shower heads that just gives you a gentle splash from a directly above. I love that thing. That's what I want. And I gave it a, a little boom arm that raised it up to six and a half feet above the floor. So it comes straight down on my head. Wife hated it. <laughs> so the compromise Two different is that bathrooms. now well, that would be the right compromise, but um, this house needs too much maintenance. One of the bathrooms isn't working. Anyway, the compromise was we got, uh, I, I ended up going down to the plumbing store and picking up a ton of little fixtures and things. And now there's a ball valve that you can use to switch. <laughs> nice. And so we have the big neat rain thing directly above that I like. And we have uh, the wall mounted spray that she likes. And we have the nozzle. You can take off the wall and point wherever you want. So we have got this like Star Trek looking shower that has all of these. Anyway, but can that you wasn't a story anyone needed to hear, but can you control it with your Alexa? I hope not. Although putting the Alexa in the shower would be the right place for it. Short circuit that thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't somebody yell at you for using those keywords recently? Yes. Uh, we had somebody uh, whose name I'm not going to mention, but it was CSB who was complaining. And I don't get how anybody can possibly complain because this exploit has been around for Five, seven years. As long as these devices have been there, there has been the weird exploit that if you're listening to a podcast and somebody on the podcast says, Alexa, sell all my Bitcoin, then the stupid thing will go off and do something you don't want it to do. Or, uh, what is it? uh, you know, echo buy bomb making materials, things like that. When podcasters should not be how. How have we not reached a point where podcasts can't trigger these things is what I want to know. I mean, hypothetically, in Minecraft, I could have maybe triggered somebody's device just now if they were stupid enough to listen to podcasts near it. Hey, Siri, (laughs) self-destruct. Well, you can train most of these to recognize your voice. I'm not sure, though, if any of them will let you set it so if it doesn't recognize the voice that it ignores the commands but i'm guessing they probably do i just have never looked that closely into it i i don't believe that i well i wouldn't want to use one of these devices but maybe i'm weird 
uh, or maybe I'm just a Luddite who doesn't trust technology. But if I did have one, I would probably still take measures to make sure that I don't have a device listening to every word put next to a podcast I listen to. And I think that's a function of the type of podcasts I listen to. Probably because smart ass. Because Amazon is going to send me to the FBI and I'll be thrown in a gulag for what some of the people say. Like, you know, you go listen to behind the schemes or hog story or bowl after bowl. And you're like, wait a minute. I probably shouldn't uh, let my, my government agent hear me. Listen, right. to this. You, you want to listen to those on headphones on an encrypted connection, preferably from the neighbor's house. Yes. Yes. Always use the neighbor's Wi-Fi when listening to hog story. And if you uh, heard Planet Rage this week, you know why. If you're somebody, you don't want to use my email address and attach your credit card to it. Oh, my God. Yeah. You you introduced that segment with something like, <laughs> am I being a dick for this? Yes. Like, yes. Yes, you are. Yes, Darren, you are. Larry thought it was the greatest thing ever. And I did get a, a confirmation that all those items were shipped out. So Darren O'Neill oh. in Belfast, enjoy. Also, I was typing yes before you told why you were asking. <laughs> right. So. You're just like, this is the uh, default answer, no matter what. You were like, what. am I a dick? And I'm like, yes. I mean, it says that they have a no questions return policy that I'm sure this person will be using, but maybe they'll think twice. Well, the only question will be the email that they send out going, are you sure you want to return this? Right. And I'll be like, no, no, I'm not sure at all. <laughs> they don't have access to the account, which is going to make it interesting because they can't log in to start the return process. So if there is no way to do this via phone <laughs> or something else, they're screwed. And I keep waiting. I keep assuming that sooner or later, one of these guys will realize what happened and send me the sheepish email like, Oh, dude, I'm sorry. Uh, this I used your email instead of mine. Can you give so me my account least, back? Did you at least order something embarrassing like like yes. sex toys or something? It was like some male jock strap, multicolor <laughs> weird thing. I'm just like, well, have fun with that. Four of them. I just I just chose a number four, and then I ordered some like women's yoga pants or something <laughs> for. So it was like a hundred dollars worth of stuff. I mean, it wasn't horrible. I could have been worse. But uh, I was just getting the point across. Oh, my God. You, you, Darren O'Neill, are an awful person, and I'm happy to know you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And if you want to help support this show with those kind of uh, hijinks going on, go to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate, where you, too, can send us a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR codes or crypto addresses if you wanted to send us some Bitcoin. Now, CSB, if you would have just sent us like $1,000 in Bitcoin, we wouldn't have said, Alexa, delete the AI.cooking app. We wouldn't have done that. And you can also use the P.O. Box address. Or if you're over on Patreon, I mean, we're dwindling there. There's no special content. But if you're in that ecosystem and you got money, it's one thing that it's nice because if you're in that ecosystem, you can then just pay other creators without you ever having to see the cash. So if you're in that ecosystem, patreon.com slash grumpy old Benz, it doesn't matter how you do it. If Joey's economy has fucked you in the ass, then just tell a few friends about the show. Go leave us a review. Yeah. Do something it, that helps more people find the show. It's all greatly appreciated. It, it won't listen to this show. will do nothing to alleviate the pain of Biden, but at least you can rant about it like we do. Yeah, it's a nice stress reliever. It's a strange world we live in where we have governments trying to protect the children 
by inconveniencing every adult and ignoring the fact that maybe a lot of adults shouldn't have kids and most adults do not actually parent their kids and they think the school should be able to do that for them and now the school has been overtaken not all of them i understand there are some people out there who are teachers or you're married to teachers or you know teachers that are really cool human beings that aren't woke and don't try to push this bullshit on kids but there's a lot of them who do i would venture to say that still even in today's world the vast majority of teachers are perfectly decent people they sure as hell aren't doing it for the pay they well, around here they are are they oh well, what we, the hell are teachers paid because they're not paid crap in washington i will say that uh, this i looked up and i haven't looked it up recently when i was doing a podcast with my buddy frank which goes back to before random thoughts so we're going back like eight years or nine years ago that he said the same kind of thing like oh you know the teachers don't make anything and i'm like dude let's look it up because it's all public here in illinois and I'm guessing where most people are, you can look these things up. And there were high school teachers. Now, I know it's a little less if you're in the grammar school or elementary school, whatever they call them now. But the high school teachers, it's not unlikely to find high school teachers in this area, in the Chirac area, not in the city of Chicago, but in the suburbs, making over a 100 grand a year. It's a pretty decent paying job. There was a the highest paid one. When we were looking it up, I thought was funny because it was a librarian at the high school that was like two miles away from the house I grew up in. And the librarian was making like 178 grand a year, was just about to retire, but was making 178 grand a year to be a high school librarian. Again, not bad cash. I I want to say that teachers around here are you know like barely over the poverty line but then again the poverty line in seattle is six figures so. this is true this is true i mean you could barely buy a starbucks coffee for a thousand dollars yeah but there's enough sugar in there to keep you going for a while anyway you got to avoid the sugar i do avoid the sugar as i sip my black coffee it's black, just like your soul. I mean, I know you had a lot of caffeine yesterday before you started out the Angry Tech News Show, which people oh, yeah, should be subscribed to. At it's least you Weird re- Al. Weird Al drives me to drink. And then it's always good. At least you caught it right as you were doing the opening that you hadn't hit yeah. the record button. Yeah, I didn't Fletcher it or anything. Most people wait to the end of the show to realize they didn't start <laughs> the recorder. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you were listening live, then... Then you got to hear me do the intro three times. The first, because I flubbed it. And the second one, I get all the way through the intro and start playing the opening music and then cancel it and said, you know, we're going to try this again. But first, I'm going to hit the record button on Audacity. And then I started. And if you only listen to the podcast, you didn't hear any of that. Yeah, you missed out on the goal. And you would have no way of knowing that it happened, except that I just told the story today on Grubby Old Benz. And really, do you believe what you hear in fake news? No, you don't. I don't even believe what I hear on grumpy old Ben's net Ned coming in with the instantaneous information in the troll room, trollroom.io When we do these shows live on Wednesdays, 1 PM central, he says, my buddy is retiring at the end of the year, making 102,000 a year as a teacher. And he is 58 done with the woke bullshit. So if you're 58, that means you probably started teaching in your early twenties. So it's been teaching for about 30 years, making 102,000 a year. That's not, horrible i mean in some areas that's going to get you a lot less i mean you can't do that in 
San Francisco. Yeah, that'll get or, you a, a very respectable uh, tent with a cardboard box on the side of it in Seattle. Yeah. So, the, but in Detroit, I mean, that's like a king. <laughs> that's like a king right there. He could buy like as much as he wanted. Go down to well, the there's beef no housing costs store. in Detroit. You just squat in in whatever uh, ha- abandoned home that you find. Is yeah, it, there was at one point there were like 25 percent of the homes in the Detroit metro area were abandoned. So, I mean, take that as for what it is. And then I, uh, I might be propagating a terrible stereotype of of NetNed's fine city. But NetNed has offered anybody that wants to come down. He will give you a. Uh, a nice tour. He says nobody lives in Detroit. Somebody has to live there, Net Ned. Or is it all just a fake city? Do they? Maybe. It could just be one of those fake cities like on that movie by that guy, you know, the one, the uh the really liberal guy that was married to Jenny McCarthy that did the Ace Ventura, the uh the, the douchebag, um, you know, what's his name? The douchebag, the guy, Ace Ventura. The, oh, the douchebag. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have no idea. Dumb and dumber guy. He was in Dumb and Dumber. Jim Carrey. Oh, that's the guy. Okay. Yeah, he's the one. I mean, there may not be a lot of bigger douchebags than Jim Carrey in the world. Do you think that maybe if if Gretchen Whitmer were forced to live in Detroit, that she would change some of her policies? I don't know how long she would be alive, but she might try to change (laughs) the policies. Okay, win win. Yes. Somebody might try to kidnap her. I mean, there was that debacle. I bet you people went to jail for that one. <laughs> it's a weird world. Everybody, everybody looks at Michigan as like, oh, Detroit's such a shithole. I'm like, no, the like, it, oh, it's it's terrible that the it's collapsed. It's co-. like, no, the worst corruption in Michigan is in Lansing, not Detroit. That's all I'm saying. NetNet says make her live in Flint, Michigan. Is that like the lowest, <laughs> the bottom of the barrel? Is this where no, no, not the city of Flint? NetNet actually wants to make her live in Flint. Oh, the stone. Well, that could be. Yeah, see, the Fed set him up. That's what he's saying. They went to jail for that conspiracy to commit kidnapping. It was just another false flag. Nothing to see here. Okay. Just like the Ray Epps thing. I didn't realize this until I had just started doing a little more when this came up that Epps was going to sue Tucker Carlson. And this was one of the <laughs> reasons they were giving like why Tucker Carlson was let go. Did you ever hear the story? And I saw this in like an article, I think, on the Daily Mail, which is not a really good journalisming. Uh, organization but with the ray epps thing did you ever hear i i uh, think that i think that the daily mail has the the quality comes from the fact that they're willing to talk about stories that are generally hidden from yes most did you ever hear no maybe maybe they're not as polished and maybe they you know sometimes make shit up wholesale but at least they're willing to talk about it i'll give them that credit right did you ever hear about the text message that ray epps or is it roy epps ray epps right ray that uh, he sent to his nephew as he was leaving the Capitol grounds that day. Did you ever hear about the text I'm, message I'm, he sent? I, I'm, I'm vaguely aware that people send text messages to each other. <laughs> right. As Ray Epps was leaving the Capitol that day, he text messaged his nephew. I orchestrated that. <laughs> No, that's not incriminating. Or no, anything. I mean, it's like in his answer was exactly what I said when uh, one of the Project Veritas things came out. And I'm like, well, he was just bullshitting. Well, that was his answer. Like, oh, I was just blowing smoke to my nephew. 
Did did he at the end of the text or or the very next one? Did he say the phrase in Minecraft? Because no. that makes that invalidates the whole thing. <laughs> did not. He did not. But huh. I'm like, well, this adds a whole new level to you can't go sue a journalist like Tucker Carlson or any journalist for reporting this with your whole thing being, well, I was just kidding when I sent that text. You don't get that out. If you were dumb I, enough to send a text as you were leaving an event like that with saying literally I orchestrated that, you're an idiot. I, I don't know. I'm 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 not the right person to ask for this because I still have really old fashioned values like the idea that the fact that it's true should probably exonerate Tucker. Yeah, exactly. And there was uh, evidence you know, same there. Thing with, same thing with the Dominion lawsuit yes. where, you know, uh, Murdoch decided to go out and settle. Okay, well, I don't know what happened in the negotiating room and maybe they decided that they'd lose less money this way. But everybody is taking that as, oh, well, Dominion was right. Well, nobody asked the question of whether Dominion was right. I wanted to see it go to trial because maybe just maybe somebody would actually present evidence, which the evidence of the completely fraudulent election in certain states in 2020 has never seen the inside of a courtroom. Lots of people going out saying, Oh, well, it's been disproven in court over and over. It's been disproven. No, it has not. It has never seen the inside of a courtroom ever. There is no judge willing to touch it. All the political appointees, their masters are saying, don't do this. Even the ones on the right are saying, you know, don't do this because Republicans will come across as whiny. I want to see the truth come out. And I was hoping it would. No, fucking Rupert Murdoch is like, oh, I'll just pay Dominion for their lies. Fuck you. Uh, yeah, the take that Bill O'Reilly had on this was that amount of money was worth it to Murdoch because he did not want to have to testify. Which tells you Murdoch could have said some really good stuff if under oath. And and if I mean that's the stuff that he finds in his couch cushions. Uh-huh. What was it? Like seven hundred million or something? It was he, uh it was yeah, like seven hundred and sixty million money for him. According to what one of the articles broke it down, which was that's what Fox News brings in in like six months. So it was a hit. It wasn't like it was nothing. But I guess Fox News has like four billion in the bank. So they're kind of like Apple. They've been smart enough to uh, to bank some money. So when a rainy day comes, they're like, well, do we would we rather pay or did Murdoch have to get on the stand? And not only would Murdoch have had to get on the stand all of the Fox hosts would have had to get on the stand who were a part of this. And I'm all for that. I want to see some truth dispensed here, yes. which is not something that you usually associate with mainstream media. Well, no. And the, the MSNBCs of the world, we know they lie as well, but I guess Fox was so fucking stupid. Didn't they hide behind the anonymous sources? Tell us. Because that's it. Then you can say whatever the fuck you want and you can't yeah. be sued for it because it's like, well, anonymous sources told us. Yeah. An anonymous source told me that, uh, you know, Alexa, go yeah, okay, go blow up the Pentagon. Yeah. Anonymous sources in Minecraft, according to. Exactly. You better just exit before we cause somebody some massive pain and destruction. This is. This is one of the reasons why I think, and and I I share this with no agenda. I think that the absolute most critical part of the show that we are fairly meticulous about is the show notes. Everything that I bring to you that isn't 
just my wholesale opinion. And I hope you realize the parts that are my opinion are my opinion in Minecraft. Uh, everything that I present to you as fact is something that I will give you the source for. I will tell you, uh, you know, I learned this and there's this and there's this and all of my articles are in the show notes. The, the long ass story on the uh, Utah laws. I have six URLs that are going to go into the show notes because I pulled from, you know, those are just the really relevant ones. Well, and it gives I, people I, the ability I, to do their own homework, which is also a vital thing that is missing with most media. Yeah. I, I absolutely despise the, you know, a, a form of lying, even if you're telling the truth, a form of dissemination amongst any kind of media or journalist is presenting information without fact. And by the way, the upgrade to that is presenting information that is unfalsifiable, which is uh, what passes for an argument for a lot of people these days. But if I am presenting something that I, you know, that I assert is true, I will almost, I, I will try as hard as I can to give you a source. Now, every once in a while, the source would be, it should be common sense, you moron. Right. But, there is but no I also expect sense. people listening to this to have common sense. If you don't, go rent some. It's very get cheap. a VPN and download some. Yeah, you can buy some by going to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. We have some very reasonable rates. Yes. You get to set them yourself. And then tune in and you get to learn things. You get to be entertained. And we do try to keep things light. I've heard from a few people that have been overboard on no agenda. And a lot of people that listen to Grumpy Old Benz listen to no agenda there's no question about that and we welcome all no agenda producers to be grumpy old ben's experts and i'm what sure I've, there's a few people who are overboard on grumpy old ben's but i haven't heard from them yeah i know because they're because overboard. they're overboard <laughs> they were, are tired of the constant negativity and there is a tightrope to be walked when trying to report on the state of the world but also doing it in a way that doesn't totally depress people. And I think we do that fairly well without bringing clips. So, I mean, we, it's all on our backs, whether it's any kind of humor brought into this or not, but I understand how easy it is because John, uh, John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry, they're professionals and they're trying to get the message out of what they want to say. And I think sometimes it gets lost that people don't want to be barraged. They need a little bit of uh, they need a little bit of laughter somewhere in there. It's got to be an enjoyable listen. And once people and start listening and going, this is way too depressing. They jump overboard. And that's why you're on this show. Yes. For a comic relief. I, I bum people out and you make <laughs> and, and then you're there so that they can laugh at you. And then we bring in Larry on the planet rage so people can say, what a great voice. It makes me sound yeah. bad. And oh, yeah. We, we keep Larry on our show by proxy by putting him on his another show. And then, so I, that, then I get Gene over on Friday so I can sound good again. Yeah, it's it's like the whole the whole week is just kind of a downhill. Yes. I, oh, it starts on Monday. We're way up high. We cruise right on down to Friday and then we take back off the next week. But we highly recommend that you listen to all the shows on the Mighty No Agenda stream. Support the ones that you listen to as much as you can. I know a lot of people, it uh, was Murray, and the other day on, uh, I think it was on Planet Rage, it was like, I wish I can do more, and I understand that, but anything 
is helpful, including just telling friends about the show. The podcasting 2.0 thing does one thing great. If you want to give 50 cents to a show, you can do it and not yeah. feel bad about it and not feel like, oh, it's not enough. I, I, I think that that Adam understands this, which is why he's so excited whenever he talks about it. But the the value for value thing using the Lightning Network has unlocked something that I have been looking at and thinking about for more than 30 years, which is on the Internet, the ability to produce microtransactions right. has just the, the ability to send somebody, you know, somebody says something that makes you chuckle. It's worth 10 cents. Can I send somebody 10 cents? You, yes. Yes. With without this, the, you absolutely can. Yeah. Without the intermediary taking nine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the intermediary only takes two of that 10 cents on the lightning network, which is great. A big improvement. Yes. And the, that's, I, it also takes like two cents if you send a dollar. So maybe just send a dollar. Yeah. Send more. <laughs> exactly. So whatever you can do, it's a great way to keep those shows going. And I know it is like the biggest fallacy when everybody looks at their end, uh, you know, their stats and like, well, we've got a thousand people listening or 10,000 people or a hundred thousand. If everybody would just give us a dollar a month, we'd be in great shape. And it's never going to happen. No. No, everybody is is not possible, not with a system like value for value. If if everybody gave us that, then then the system we'd be on is called a paywall. And the problem, the problem with a paywall, as opposed to, you know, a value for value is that we can get our show out to uh, what what are we up to? Like eight thousand people per episode. Listen, somewhere somewhere over a thousand, at least. I don't know how high it is at this. I haven't looked in a while. You know, it's awesome that we get now. We can't monetize more than, you know, maybe a hundred of all of you and monetize is a terrible word. And I can't believe that just came out of my mouth, but no more than a hundred people total have necessarily donated to this show. But if, if the rest of you are still getting value and enjoyment out of it, then, well, first of all, you should be donating, but even if you're not, then just listen to us and feel bad about it. I'm, I'm okay with (laughs) that too. (laughs) Let me ask you this before we exit. What is your take on this podcast awards bullshit? Um, I think you just gave it. Okay. Cause that's my viewpoint as well. I, I know. I, the I don't last know. Time it came I don't know around, what you're talking about, but the phrase bullshit would have been the first word that came to mind. There is a podcast awards out there. I don't even know who's running it, but it's been around for a couple of years. And I remember people like our buddy meet oh. and others who pay the $50 to be registered so they could maybe win an award. And I'm like, any fucking award show that wants you to pay $50 to be considered for the award can go fuck themselves. No, you want to give us a podcast award, send us $50. Right. That's even better. That's the kind of award I'm interested in. And I mentioned that on No Agenda Social and our buddy, Sir Truck Driver, came back with, well, it's just another method of value for value. And I'm like, no, it's not because it's required. It's required to be a part of this. You have to give them $50. That isn't value for value. Is this the same organization? Like probably close to 10 years ago. Now there was a period I, I was, I mean, I know it was a long time ago cause I was listening to Leo Laporte at the time and like every podcast at the time on his network, the ones that weren't whatever 
was saying things like, go vote for us at the podcast award or something. Right. And immediately, you know, the first thing that I did, not because I cared that much about any particular podcast, but because I wanted a proof of concept, this was to write a script that would just DDoS them with HTTPS votes and realized that I could personally move the needle with a script and went, okay, these awards are bullshit. Oh yeah. <laughs> they, all those awards are, I did that in the past. And, with- and then I realized that, you know, I could probably do something like this and create a big scandal, but at the same time, now that I know that I don't respect the awards because somebody else is doing that too. Right. You know, or if, even if they fix that, cause back in the day I was doing that with the CMT I'm sure they stuff. Have now you yeah. probably have to pay your $50 to vote too. That would make more sense. But I just didn't get it. Like, why would I want to pay to be eligible to receive an award? It, it, you know, this whole like, well, this just helps them keep up their infrastructure. Uh, yeah, the I infrastructure the of phrase, bullshit. The phrase you're looking for is pyramid scheme. Yes. Yeah, that's all it is. That's absolutely all it is. That's why I asked, and I haven't gotten any good answers from the folks that have taken part in this in the past because I literally wanted to know if it got you more listeners if you can tell me that being a part of these awards spending the 50 bucks just being listed is going to get me 10,000 new listeners well then maybe i would pay the 50 bucks I, maybe but the stats are going to be more difficult to come across than, or the, the, it's it's going to be more difficult to verify than just listeners because yes. you know when i asked you what our listener count is you don't really know because neither one of us pay attention we could theoretically check website stats and find out how many downloads they are. One of the benefits of running our own uh, hosting is that we have a pretty good handle on how many times our show was downloaded, but that right. doesn't mean listeners. No. And it it's even it's more going. complicated than that. Yes. Because I don't care how many listeners we have. I I'm very, if you are enjoying and getting value from this show, I'm happy for you, but that doesn't move the needle for me. What I want to know is, is a straight, you know, if, if we're going to boil this down to straight math, then for my $50, if I go out and win an award, how much more does that bring in in donations? And that's a really hard thing to measure. Yes, nearly impossible. So if anybody can give me a good reason why it's a good idea to be a part of those awards, let me know. Reach out. Darren at grumpyoldbenz.com or Darren O'Neill at no agenda social. I would like to know because I know a bunch of people have done it in the past and I just can't even understand why it's still a thing. I mean, I would be great to win the Adam Curry award, but uh, Adam Curry listens to my podcast. I found out recently. So, I mean, that's a better award. Yeah, I that think. is weird. I know it's well, just, fortunately, Adam Curry still never listens to any of mine. Well, that's good. Including that, this one. So that keeps this show completely under the radar. Yeah. So everybody we else wouldn't want anybody to know about this show. No. So whatever you do, don't go out and tell your friends about the show and then don't show up next week on Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central when we do this show live. I've got oh, I've got a quick a real quick throwaway about A.I. being evil. That is, I wanted to. Is it was it covered on A.I. cooking the I greatest A.I. show I on the Internet? No, no, it's two two stories that are barely more than headlines. The first one is uh, um, uh, Michael Schwartz, uh, the chief economist at Microsoft uh, told the World Economic Forum that, quote, I am confident AI will be used by bad actors and yes, it will cause real damage. So a representative from a bad actor in AI is telling 
the World Economic Forum, uh, pretty much the world definition of bad actors, that AI can be used by bad actors. Irony. Yeah, I, I just kind of like that line. That was all. Uh, and then the other one that is barely more than a headline is that the CEOs of Google, Microsoft, OpenAI, and Anthropic have been summoned to the White House to explain AI to Kamala Harris. <laughs> I oh, my God. How much do, time do they have? I do not envy Sundar Pichai and uh, <laughs> uh, whatever, uh, Satya Nadella. I do not envy them right now. Imagine that meeting. <laughs> I, I just can't i just can somebody make that into a video that would be great i would love to just that would be that's a good use for ai because she's gonna just laugh her way like uh that now here's the thing if any of those guys and i think they're all guys i hope i'm not misgendering if they have balls they will explain and it to her and then ask not just her forge to forge ahead even if they're guys just misgender and go on good they, they they should all just ask her to repeat back what they said so they know she <laughs> understands and then record that because i can only imagine the word salad would come there <laughs> i was just just one of the headlines i came across and i dug in and went oh yeah that ought to be good man how do <laughs> that, you find that, no that value meeting, here that meeting happens tomorrow by the way well you watch for that, and we'll definitely hope that uh, generates some good content for the next Grumpy Old Benz. With that said, I am Darren O'Neill, coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where, you know, it's all the same. And from America's left coast, where chat GPT porn from Utah is going to be the next trending topic. I'm Ryan Pemrose. Ooh. Oh!